Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry, everything to God in prayer. Despise for What a friend we have in Jesus, Ed Russ and the Old Fashioned Quartet. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio, and I'm Janice, your host till 1 o'clock, bringing you programming designed with ladies in mind. Coming up today during 11 to 1, you'll hear from Miss Vicki on a word of encouragement at 1130. Love is home. That's for her topic for today. In fact, all month, Miss Vicki is talking about love (laughs) in this month of february valentine's day is getting closer each day next tuesday is valentine's day just a reminder for all of you listeners i'm loving some of these titles um of love that she has love is unconditional Um, love is forgiveness love is blind she's got three different episodes parts one two and three on love is blind all of this coming your way this month on a word of encouragement with Miss Vicki right here on 11 to 1. Coming up during the noon hour of 11 to 1 today, you'll hear from Loretta Walker on CW Today. That's at 12.05 and at 12.30 Silhouettes with Missionary Sherry House. You and I, this hour, will be talking about the ministry of marriage. And this is based on the book 
by Jim Benny. One of our favorite programs here on Faith Music Radio is um, is the show by Jim Benny. All of a sudden, the name has left me, but I'll bring it back to you in just a bit when we talk about this book and um, and talk about Ms. Um, Brother Benny's program. And um, I do know it airs at 7 a.m. each morning, around uh, maybe 7.05 after the news, and at 7 p.m. at night here on Faith Music Radio. Friends singing the gospel are up next with the song, I Give You Freedom. Um, now, this particular recording is not the first recording because this one was recorded back in 2017 by the Friends Singing the Gospel. But this song was first recorded here by Faith Music Missions. And it was the first song ever recorded by Faith Music Missions. Some call it the Whippoorwill song. That's what I like to call it. The title is I Give You Freedom, sung here by the friends singing the gospel. I set the boundaries of the ocean vast, carved out the mountains from the distant past. Molded a man from the miry clay, breathed in him life, but he went astray. I own the cattle on a thousand hills, I write the music for the whippoorwills, control the planets with their rocks and rills, but give you freedom to use your own will. I hold the waters in my mighty hand Spread out the heavens with a single span Make all creation tremble at my voice Let my own sons come to me by choice I own the cattle on a thousand hills I write the music for the with their rocks and rills but give you freedom to use your own will even the oxen know the master's stall and sheep will recognize the shepherd's call i could demand your love i own you twice but only willing love is worth the price i own and rails, but give you freedom to use your own will. And if you want me to, I'll make you whole. I'll only do it though if you say so. I'll never force you for I love you so. I give you freedom, is it yes or no? give you freedom, is it yes or no? I give you freedom, is it yes or no? This is 
Melanie Smith of the Smith Family, and you're listening to Faith Broadcasting International. Guaranteed work from certified ASE mechanics. That's the peace of mind that comes with thrifty car care in Evansville. Sure, you could roll the dice, grab a wrench, and watch a YouTube video and do it yourself. But that could cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay in time and money. Thrifty Car Care does it all, bumper to bumper. They back all repairs, foreign and domestic, with a 24-month, 24,000-mile nationwide warranty. Thrifty Car Care, with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They're located at 4500 East Morgan Avenue in Evansville. Or call 812-437-5011. That's 812-437-5011. Or go online at thriftycarcarecenter.com. Drowning in despair I could not see the answer anywhere But God in heaven did His work In His amazing way With a grateful heart I testify today My problem proved His power My grief gave way to grace Despair turned to deliverance And fear faded into faith I have this testimony And you can have it too When the God of the impossible comes through Now you may feel it's hopeless Even God can't make a way But keep looking for your answer every day And sometime when you least expect it God will turn it around, you'll see And then, my friend, you'll sing this song with me My problem proved His power My grief gave way to grace Despair turned to deliverance And fear faded into faith I have this testimony And you can have it too When the God of the impossible comes through My problem proved His power My grief gave way to grace Despair turned to deliverance And fear faded into faith I have this testimony And you can have it too When the God of the impossible comes through When the God of the impossible The God of the impossible When the God of the impossible comes through The God of the impossible, when the God of the impossible comes through. We're going to be going through a book. I'm not sure how long I'll go through it. I just feel led to go through this book, um, The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Benny. And I want to go through it with you and uh, make it a Bible study here on Faith Music Radio. And I'm excited about that. You get to hear Brother Jim Benny each weekday here on Faith Music Radio. Um, not during 11 to 1, but you get to hear him at 7.05 in the morning on the Heart and Home program. And again, a repeat of that same program in the evening at 7.05, the Heart and Home program with Brother Jim Benny. It's one of the most popular programs here on Faith Music Radio, and often um, people um, comment on it um, and ask about it and reach out to us about that particular program. So there is hope for your marriage in this book. 
is the first chapter of the book, The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Binney. And we'll be talking about that when we come back here. And so here's a song about hope by Jessica Curtis, The Hope Giver. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. Jessica Curtis, what a great song. She wrote that song, and it's a beautiful song. My husband Dan and I will be celebrating 25 years of wedded bliss um, this month. February 21st is our 25th anniversary. And I got to thinking about marriage and thinking about this book, The Ministry of Marriage, written by Dr. Jim Benny. So I wanted to go through it um, 
with you here. I'm not sure whether we'll go through it as much as we can in the month of February. I plan to spend it that at least that long in it, taking one day a week to share something with you. Um, and so this today we're talking about chapter one, and it's called There is Hope for Your Marriage. And we know that Jesus is the hope giver. And um, Dr. Benny says that a friend recently confiding in him, confided in him, he said, Brother Jim, I have lost all hope for my marriage. And Brother Benny says I, he can vividly recall the emptiness of his friend's downcast eyes, the hollowness of his words. His head was slung low and his shoulders slumped in abject despair. His heart was gripped by the poignancy of his friend's sorrow, and he thought, how tragic when a man loses hope. But how does a man get to a place of such sorrow? What causes such hopelessness? What happens in a marriage to cause such defeat? This man began his marriage with all the idealism of youthful love. He joined a young bride at the wedding altar with the greatest of dreams for the future. They had basked in the soft glow of the unity candle. How did the light fade? Why did the dreams vanish? Where did the idealism go? Because marriage is so intimate, so spiritual, and uniquely complex, it harbors many causes of hopelessness. And he's going to list some of the causes. And maybe um, if you have lost some hope in your marriage, you'll see yourself here. And maybe there's something you can meet with God and get, get help from the Lord with these things. You don't have to be in a hopeless marriage. Um, and the songs I think about are songs like the Miller family sing, God Can. Or how about the Norello Trio? They sing the song, God Can Do Anything With Anything. So I've got these two songs loaded up in the playlist. And then just a bit after Miss Vicki Mushler, we'll come back and we'll talk about some of these causes of hopelessness in a marriage and hopefully give you some direction um, as far as how to um, regain that hope. But just know that your marriage is not hopeless because we have a mighty God and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So these two songs to encourage you today, the Miller family, God can, and then the real Narillo trio where God can do anything. And then a word of encouragement with Miss Vicki Mushler. You're listening to 11 to one. This is faith music radio. Stay right here with faith. God can. Who can take a heart turned bitter and cold and make it brand new so it shines like gold? God can. I know God can. God can take away all your pain, make the sun shine, chase the rain. 
Yesterday, today, and forever the same All you've got to do is just call His name family back together again that let their guard down and the devil crept in God can I know God can who can reach down to the trembling hand of a child that's abused and they can understand God can I know God can God can take away all your pain make the sunshine chase the rain Yesterday, today, and forever the same All you've got to do is just call His name Yes, I know God can take away all your pain Make the sunshine chase the rain Yesterday, today, and forever the same All you've got to do is just call His name
here's today's word of encouragement from Mrs. Vicky Mutchler. Home, home is love. What makes a house, or an apartment, or a condo? Everywhere we look, there's another expert telling us the answer lies in something we don't have, from fancy bed linings to an interior decorator. Really, what makes it feel homey, peaceful, a haven? There's a poem that says, "What makes a house a home? Bricks and sticks, cement and wood, windows and doors, all go into making a house. But what makes a house a home?" Hams and jams, homemade rolls, slathered with butter, pickles and tickles, laughter abounding, all go into making a house a home. Hugs and kisses on a bearskin rug, moonlight walks and pillow talks, loving hands and wedding bands, well-worn books and loving looks—that's what makes a house a home. A house, of course, is a structure. Walls, doors, windows, but a home—that's the people, the memories, and everyday life. Just like they say, there's no place like home. Do you love your home? It's not the designer drapes, the custom cabinets, or the fancy furniture. It's the love inside that fills the wood and concrete and makes it loving, and home. Be encouragement to those who live within the walls of your home. Mrs. Vicky Mutchler is the wife of Pastor Mike Mutchler of Grandview Baptist Church in Beaver Creek, Oregon, where they've ministered together for over 30 years. Word of Encouragement is a production of Faith Music Radio. For additional resources from Mrs. Mutchler and her daily Word of Encouragement, visit Faith Music Radio online at www.faithmusicradio.com. Word of Encouragement is a production. Of Faith Music Radio. Three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire because before the king they would not bow. But they said, "Listen, king, let it be known we serve a living God and we're not alone." Well, I know my God can do it. To Him, there's nothing to it. I know He'll see me through it. Sweet victory. Around the walls of Jericho, they knew that they would fall. God told them so. Just like He worked for them, He's working now. My God will never change; He has great power. Well, I know my God can do it. To Him, there's nothing to it. I know He'll see me through His sweet victory. Well, even when storms are raging, He is a rock of ages. I know that He's able, mighty as He. Can do it to him. There's nothing to it. I know he'll see me through with sweet victory. Well, even when storms are raging, he is the rock of ages. I know that he is able, mighty is he. I know that he is able, mighty. Fundamental difference. I know my God can do it through Him. There's nothing to it. We're going through the book, The Ministry of Marriage, written by Dr. Jim Benny, and we're in Chapter One. We just started this. There is hope for your marriage. I'm just going to pick up where I left off because marriage is so intimate, so spiritual. 
uniquely complex, it harbors many causes of hopelessness. One cause may be chronic friction of personality differences. While it's true that opposites attract, the very differences that initially attract a couple to one another can be the things that eventually drive them apart. Take this for example. Brother Benny says he knew a woman who was bubbly and vivacious. She loved to talk. She met a strong, silent man. Perfect, right? (laughs) She had someone to talk to who would sit quietly and listen to her for hours. He, on the other hand, was happy that he didn't have to do any talking at all. 25 years passed, and they came for counseling. He never talks, she complains. He just sits there. (laughs) Never says a word. I never know what he's thinking or how he's feeling. And then the husband interjected. She won't shut up. She talks about anything and everything. There's never a moment of peace. So the very thing that had drawn them together now threatened to destroy their marriage. So that's just one cause of hopelessness in a marriage, the personality complex. How about this one? Another cause, the waning of emotional love. Yes, most couples are shocked to find that the initial euphoria of romantic love can take a beating over time. They watched it happen to their parents. They even observed it in other seasoned marriages. And But they swore in their youthful idealism that it would never happen, happen to them. But it did, and for good reason. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Matthew twenty four twelve says, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Man's sinful nature and the debilitating nature of the flesh guarantee a constant drain on the best of relationships. Wow. So, so did you know what you're up against right there? Wow. Other causes include financial pressures, in-law problems, and differences in parenting styles. Add to these the ever-present tension of intimate adjustment and communication breaks down and the picture is clear. When the less obvious but powerfully influential causes such as spiritual coldness and even spiritual warfare are factored in, the focus becomes clearer still. Whatever the reasons, many couples lose hope for their future. Wow, wow. In over 30 years of marriage marriage counseling, Brother Benny says he's seen this happen in countless relationships. Hundreds of people have come for counseling, most for their marriages. And almost without exception, they have lost a grip on hope. They've lost a grip on hope. One distraught wife typifies the fear of many. Is there any hope for our marriage? She asked pleadingly. Perhaps you are like her. Maybe you've been, you've even harbored the same questions in your heart. If so, you're not alone because there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. First Corinthians ten thirteen. This commonality of life struggle is underscored by Christ in a gripping summation 
of his earthly ministry. He stood before a hometown crowd in Nazareth and preached from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And in this concise yet sweeping statement, our Lord describes the common burdens of mankind. These burdens that plague man also affect relationships. What is common to man is also common to marriages. So let's take that word poor. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And Brother Benny's going to talk about the poor marriage from these verses in Luke 4, 18 and 19. He's going to talk about the broken-hearted marriages and the, the marriages that are in bondage um, to preach deliverance to the captives, those are who feel they are in bondage in their marriage. And, um, and then the recovering of sight to the blind. He will talk about the blind marriage, the captive marriage, the blind marriage, and the bruised marriage because there is hope for your marriage when you have jesus there is always hope we'll be back this is nate tolson the song my anchor of hope and you're listening to faith music radio Tossed by the billows on life's troubled sea, without an anchor, there was no hope for me. Forever drifting, forever lost, till a new hope was offered on an old rugged cross. I cast my
Tyler Stone. Stay right here for more powerful, positive music on Faith Music Radio. grand design in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness who walk by faith and not by sight by faith our fathers roam the earth with the power of his promise in their hearts of a holy city built by God's own hand, a place where peace and justice reign. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on Him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. Prophets saw a day when the long for Messiah would appear with the power to break the chains of sin and death and rise triumphant from the grave. I think the church was called to go. Power of spirit to the lost, to deliver captives and to preach good news in every corner of the earth. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on Him, our soul's reward, till the race is and the work is done. We'll walk by faith, we'll walk by faith, and not by sight. By faith this mountain shall be moved, and the power of the gospel shall The faithful men will walk by faith and not by sight. There is hope for your marriage, but it will be a walk of faith. Jesus has come to, he says in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
So if your marriage is a poor marriage, he's come to preach hope for you, the good news for you. He says, furthermore, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Maybe you're in a brokenhearted marriage. He has come to heal your marriage. How about to preach deliverance to the captives? Maybe you're in a captive marriage. He wants to give you deliverance. And the recovering of sight to the blind, a blind marriage or a bruised marriage, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the the Lord. Brother Benny, in this chapter, There is Hope for Your Marriage, in the book, The Ministry of Marriage, he breaks down each of these things. And he says, what is common to man is common in marriages. So he breaks down each of these different types of marriages. And so we're going to talk today about the poor marriage. The poor marriage is the marriage that is impoverished. It is poor in spirit. This is a marriage that is struggling because of lack of hope. You may be in a marriage characterized by a sense of spiritual helplessness. You were once full of hope and faith, but your resources have been so drained that you see little light ahead. You long ago ceased being conscious of the power of faith and have settled into the habit of being conscious of the problem. Fear has displaced faith. While you once had great faith in God to direct your future and preserve your union, you may feel that your faith was misplaced because it seems that God has not come through for you. While your devotion was once the tie that binds, it now seems that duty is the tie. These are indicators of a depletion of hope. You are indeed poor in spirit. Such hopelessness is common to man and common to marriages. But Christ came to preach the gospel, the good news for you. There is hope. Brother Benny says he often often opens a week of counseling with words of encouragement to couples. I tell them, even if your faith is weak and your hope is slow, it's okay. You can lean on mine if you have to. My faith is strong and my hope hope is high. I love that. You can there's someone in your church you can lean on who has faith in God for your marriage. Wow. I've seen God do too much in hurting marriages to doubt that he can do it for you as well. The time that may come when I have to lean on yours, but for now, he says you can lean on mine. And isn't it a good thing? that we can bear one another's burdens. But far better than this is the fact that you can lean on Christ's faith. Did you know that? As he prayed for Peter that his faith fail not in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, he prayed for you as well. That's right. Before you were married and even before you were born, Jesus prayed for you. After praying for his disciples, Christ continued, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's John seventeen twenty. Jesus was looking ahead, down through the future, to the time you and your mate would believe on him. And he prayed specifically that your two hearts might be one, that they may be one, even as we are one. John seventeen twenty two. Just as the Father and, and, and the Son are one, Christ prayed that you and your mate would be one. How does one describe the mystical union, mystical spiritual union, I should say, of the Father and the Son? They are two separate entities, yet marvelously united, inseparable. 
This merging of persons is a mystery indeed, but even though he cannot fully comprehend it, he can revel in the knowledge that Christ prayed that a Christian marriage might enjoy the same closeness as the oneness of the father-son relationship. Wow. (laughs) I can hear the skeptic response now. Well, yeah, that's true. Then why hasn't there been a change in my marriage? Well, the delay may be traceable to several reasons. We'll share some of those when we come back. Those reasons why there may be a delay in the change in your marriage. Alicia Becker sings a song called The Wedding Day. And I think of the fact that our marriages are supposed to picture the love between Christ and his bride, the church. And we know that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. And your marriage is supposed to be a picture of how the church should love Christ and how Christ loves the church. Here's the song, The Wedding Day. You're listening to Faith. Music Radio. Lately I've been thinking as I look all around me. I see by the signs that we're soon gonna be leaving. The bridegroom is coming back to take us all away. It may be tomorrow. But I pray that it's today And we will fly away In the twinkling of an eye Leaving all our heartaches And telling them all goodbye Yes, we will fly away When he hears his father say your bride today's your wedding day when we see the bridegroom in the clouds in the sky will he be telling you hello or telling you goodbye Jesus, go 
There is hope for your marriage. Here's some reasons why there may be a delay of change in your marriage. The delay may be traceable to several reasons. First, God's answer may be delayed by demonic interference. Check out Daniel 10 about that. A lack of change in marriage may be because of sinful resistance to the will of God. In some cases, the answer is obvious, but is refused. Check out Numbers 13 and 14 about that. The delay of reprieve can be traceable to a belief system rooted in the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. That's Colossians 2.8. Men and the world offer much advice and many options that are not spiritual. Mm, mm. So you've got to be careful about that. But if you are wondering where your relief is and when the answer will arrive, and you have begun to question God, your lack of relief may have more to do with your sense of timing than his. There are two elements to the completed will of God, direction and timing. Equating the two is foolish, if not dangerous, and is certainly frustrating until there is a marriage of God's direction and timing. His will is not complete. So a young couple is in love and has determined that it's God's will for them to marry. They assume that because they're getting married anyway, why not now? But maybe they're just 16 years old and they have to graduate from high school, have no job, no marketable skills, but they insist it's God's will. They've made the mistake of equating God's direction with God's timing. Sometimes you just have to wait. This is an excellent book. We'll talk more about this in a few days next week sometime. I'll share some more thoughts from this chapter and we'll see how far we get. But you can order the book, The Ministry of Marriage on Amazon at Target.com and many other places. The Ministry of Marriage by Dr. Jim Benny. Jennifer Scow is going to take us into the noon hour of 11 to 1 with her classic song, Just Wait. Love this song. Don't forget you're going to hear from Miss Vicki on um, oh, Miss, not Miss Vicki, Loretta Walker on CW Today at 12.05, Sherry House at 12.30, featuring the life, life of Josephine McKill, and then Dan Wolf will be joining me as well, because you know what? Today is National Pizza Day, and that is what's for lunch. Here's Jennifer. Thank you for joining us on Faith Music Radio. Be sure to stay right here with Faith. strength and hope I start to feel your grace is not enough I rely on my sight then stumble in the dark please remind me to tell myself again just wait he'll answer just wait don't despair just wait a little bit longer just wait Lord I 
Welcome to CW Today, a daily five-minute program dedicated to helping women with their life relationships, hosted by veteran ladies conference speaker and the editor of Christian Womanhood Magazine, Mrs. Loretta Walker. The closer a woman's heart is to the heart of God, the better able she is to thrive in her relationships with others. In that spirit, here's the host of CW Today, Mrs. Loretta Walker like to read to you an article from the Christian Womanhood magazine. It's the February editor, editor's notes from me, and I just wanted to share this thought with you. My weakness in love. Do you know your weaknesses? Are you willing to admit them to yourself and perhaps to others? I spoke to a group of ladies at a couple's retreat about how a wife tends to tear down her husband. After I, afterward, I had several ladies come up to me to explain their unique situation. I believe they were trying to get me to understand that this is why they couldn't follow through the Bible way. Of course, I had nothing to lose, so I told them the truth that their thinking was wrong and they needed to go by the Bible. (laughs) Really, I believe their main problem was that they did not see their own weakness in love. They were so focused on the weakness of the husband, and I did see the problems they were pointing out, but the fact is they still had their own weakness to overcome. Years ago, I started making a mental list of my weaknesses. I didn't want to write them down so someone would read them and start pointing them out as I did them. I have chosen one weakness to share in this article with you that you 
with the hope that you will be challenged to make your own list and start recognizing your own faults in love rather than point out the faults of your loved ones. I believe my greatest weakness is that of having too high of expectations. I've been married for to Kevin for over 35 years, and in all honesty, I think he should know me by now. I'm plain Jane and eat and drink pretty much the same stuff all the time. When we were first married, we were out sewing together. At the time, I was very pregnant, and we needed something to drink. We could only afford one drink, so he went in and purchased a very different, overly sweet type of soda. Surely he knows that I wouldn't like that, I thought. I got very upset with him, mostly because he didn't know what I liked. So then, just the other day, he went in the store to get me a drink and had to ask me what I wanted. This time, we could afford two drinks. I told him, but then I got a little irritated that he had to ask. After all these years, I didn't tell him my thoughts, but rather sat there and tried to squelch them. When he got back in the truck with my drink, I didn't say a word. I kept quiet, mainly because I realized that I expected him to know something that he obviously didn't want to bring up in his memory bank. Recently, while I was coming in the door of my motorhome carrying a heavy suitcase, I got upset with my husband that he didn't come running out the door to help me get it out of the truck. I just knew he had heard the truck because it was a very loud diesel engine. My friend, that is our problem. When we expect something, we draw our own conclusions about what the other person is thinking and feeling. These are petty illustrations, but I hope you see that we can bring on our own hurt feelings by not communicating. In my first illustration about the shared drink, how much easier it would have been for me to tell him what I wanted when we stopped. In the second illustration, I could have come in the door and asked him to come out to help me with the suitcase, communicating rather than expecting to read my mind. Mrs. Evans gave an illustration years ago that applies to this principle. She knew a lady who got upset every year because her husband didn't remember the anniversary. She asked the lady why she expected him to remember something that obviously he didn't remember. The lady said, well, if he cares, he will remember this very important date in our lives. Mrs. Evans felt that this lady should rejoice in having a good husband who didn't cheat on her and went to work every day to provide for the family. Why worry about his remembering the date of their anniversary? She encouraged this good woman to simply start reminding him about coming anniversary cute in cute ways only 30 more shopping days until our anniversary I can't wait until our anniversary I have something special planned for you if he still forgets order your own gift and show him what he got you <clears throat> stop wallowing in self-pity because the anniversary because of the anniversary and rejoice that you have a man <clears throat> who cares enough for you to go to work every day to have the money in your account to be able to buy that gift I hope you don't have in my weaknesses of expectations, but in case you do, may I encourage you to stop expecting and start communicating. Proverbs thirteen twelve, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is the tree of life. I don't know if you relate to me on this, but it still is my greatest weakness. Even though I've been married 35 years, even though I wrote this article, I know I'm not supposed to expect things. I still do it. I, it's my... I, I'm going to go to the grave doing it. But praise the Lord that Mrs. Evans taught me years ago. When you realize this kind of a fault, keep quiet about it. Don't voice it to him or to anybody else. Uh, don't talk about his weaknesses, other people, I mean. And just keep on going. And you'll be a better person for it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Thanks, Miss Loretta. CW Today is a production of Faith Music Radio. For additional material about Loretta Walker, CW Today, and about Christian Womanhood Magazine, visit Faith Music Radio online at www.faithmusicradio.com. And happy 
Thursday. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio, and I will have to say that Dan Wolf and I were chuckling right along with that program. That was classic Marlene (laughs) Evans. Classic Marlene Evans. And then (laughs) I, I worked with Marlene Evans for years, and, you know, we did so many things together and i and that is such her philosophy yeah uh it was that was a great truth but loretta is so stinking transparent i love that yes. too that was hilarious she is so relatable <laughs> and you know we we always think you know she made that statement about the the women who said but i have a unique situation right. yeah everybody does <laughs> everybody's got yeah but me but i know that's what would be good for them but but me <laughs> but you don't know my problem right <laughs> but the bible says there's no temptation taking you but yeah. such as it com- is common to man yep i love love that program it's always an encouragement to me well dan wolf is joining me today in the studio have i been an encouragement to you uh this lunch hour oh absolutely because today is you you tell us about it dan today is the day of days the wonder of wonders. It's not our anniversary, Dan. It's the most <laughs> wonderful time. When's our anniversary? <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'll remind you. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. And yeah. what makes it I mean, so There wonderful. are things, there are things that we celebrate in America that I call Hallmark holidays. They're not real holidays. They're not real <laughs> things that you can get behind. They're you just mean, made like, up Valentine's? stuff. Yeah, sweetest <laughs> day stuff like that. But then there are those days that that just surpass them all. Today is that day. It is National Pizza Day. <laughs> Woo! And I have pizza, folks. That's right. There is pizza in the I, studio because I brought my wife pizza. My husband may not remember my anniversary, <laughs> Valentine's Day, or my birthday. It's true. It's true. But I remember National Pizza Day, and we are celebrating with pizza. I hope you will have pizza today. And the greatest thing about this is. You know, my wife said I could get any pizza I wanted because yeah, you know, she's. I'm the pizza guy, but since we've gone on this uh, new eating plan, we we seem to only get one kind of pizza because it it it's is in the plan. the plan. It's on the plan. <laughs> so she goes, you you can get pizza and get anything you want, and I bring it in. She goes, why'd you go there? <laughs> <laughs> because you said I could get anything I want. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> so, oh my. <laughs> so we are eating sausage, mushroom, and pepperoni pizza from Franklin Street Pizza yep. Factory. Good mm. stuff. Oh Good yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's it's just excellent. So And he could get any pizza and I, this is the one. I could have got. got any one I wanted and there this is where I went. And it is good. And they will be overrun today because oh. of this announcement here. That's right. I'm on sure Faith Music I, Radio. Sure. Well, we're gonna take a break so we can eat some more pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Hopewell Baptist Church here with the power of the cross. You're listening to Faith.
Vacation goes to sea. Oh, see the goodness of God. That's the theme for this year's Faithful Ladies' Daycation on April 21st and 22nd. Join us in Evansville, Indiana at Faithway Baptist Church and enjoy a time to relax, renew, and rejoice with our speakers, Francie Taylor and Sharon Rabin, plus 10 teaching excursions and more. Go to faithmusicradio.com. That's faithmusicradio.com to register or call 800-600-7230. Faith Music Missions singers will be providing the music and our famous Merry Marketplace will be available for shopping. This conference is brought to you by Faith Music Radio where you hear 11 to 1 with Janice every weekday. Early bird registration runs through February 20th. Register at faithmusicradio.com. Faith Music Radio is a listener-supported radio station. You can give online at faithmusicradio.com or you can give by mail at Faith Music Radio, P.O. Box 2463, Evansville, Indiana, 47714. And thank you. Sword and shield giving me life. 
I shall stand At Jordan's dark river Shadows of night Are gathering above There is a power I know will deliver Heavenly love Heavenly love Heavenly love Heavenly love, heavenly love The love of my Lord Lifting above For He is my sword and shield Giving me light In darkness of night Heavenly love Heavenly love Heavenly love Heavenly love Heavenly love Heavenly love by Ed Russ and the Old Fashioned Quartet. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. Dan Wolf is in the studio with me eating his pizza for National mm, Pizza Day. Yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. He brought me lunch, and so I'm letting him stay a little bit. <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much. Don't know what this means to me. So, um, so last hour, Dan, I started talking about the Ministry of Marriage uh-huh. written by Dr. Jim Binney, and it's just such a great book well and you understand the ministry of marriage <laughs> you think so huh? i do oh well good <laughs> and um and and it and so we i talked about that and um but another thing this day um over 25 years ago 27 years ago i believe um for my first husband jeff jones passed away on february the 9th mm-hmm. and i always like to remember him yeah he was an amazing son um mm-hmm. brother um, husband, father, he was a friend, he was a pastor, yep. he was just a great, great man. Oh, he was, a, he was a great guy. I didn't know him intimately well, right? but just knew, knew him and as an acquaintance, but watched him and saw how dedicated he was yeah. to the ministry. Right. Amazing dedication to the ministry. And uh, a, a man that was very... Uh, you know, had his convictions, and he wasn't going to waver from. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I, I appreciated that in him. He he was he was very unique. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord gave us a happy marriage for eight years, but then he passed away of leukemia. Um, after, like I said, after eight years of marriage, and then God led our paths together. Well, and you know, I tease about February, you know, being National Pizza Day today. Yeah. And February being a special month, but it real, but. You know, that is a, a a tragic event that happened in February, but you and I really got reacquainted in February. We had our first date in February, <laughs> right. February 15th. We got married in February, been married for 25 years this February 21st. Yeah. That's our yeah. anniversary, by the way. Fe- Let me jot that down. <laughs> Can somebody send me a reminder <laughs> on the 21st? <laughs> just, just poke me on Facebook, say, hey, it's your anniversary today. <laughs> But, um, you know, this, February is very, very special and yeah. unique for us. But when I look at that, um, you know, our meeting, and I, we were gonna, we were gonna talk about this on um, Valentine's Day. You're gonna come on my show, okay? And I wanted, I want to talk about some, some more of this, sure. There, but our meeting was was unique. Obviously, it was just a a couple of weeks after your husband had passed. It was just two weeks after he passed. Yeah, 
Just a little over two weeks. And one of the things that impressed me about you was the fact that you were still you you were you were going on. You weren't stopping. You were going to keep serving God. Mm-hmm. You know, some people would just throw in the towel. And then I realized um, a year later when we started dating, I thought, is she going to date me? Because Jeff and I are like totally two <laughs> different people. I mean, he was, he was a, a country. southern country boy. Yes, country boy. Yeah. I am a city, northern city slicker. Yes, and a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, yeah, all yeah, northern, northern Yankee. Is, we just Yankee. called you Yankees. <laughs> that's, that's all. <laughs> I mean, talk about uh, a, a two different people. Yeah. But, um, but, but she fell for me. I don't know how, how it happened. <laughs> but you were very dedicated to the Lord. <laughs> and so one of the things that impressed me was that through all the different trials that you had gone through, and I, as I heard you preach two weeks after Jeff died, you inspired me by your life and uh. your going, keeping, your continuing to go on for the Lord and um, through your trials. And that's what inspired me. And I thought, you know, no matter what, this guy, he's going to keep serving God no matter what happens in his life. <laughs> so it didn't matter if my any kind of decent personality. Or, or, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but no you you know we see thing, things in people and we realize okay they're if they can stick with this yeah. they're going to stick with with me and, right and that's what I saw but that's you see I I, I I just find that just remarkable because you, you always hear people say oh they have a type and right. when people are dating <laughs> and you know, some people might have a type and they might <laughs> but your type is somebody that serves God I guess. <laughs> Someone who loves the Lord, because I love the Lord with all my heart. And let me tell you, um, it God has been good. This is what I know to bring us together. Oh yeah, but see, I I, I take a lot of that as you know, give you credit for a lot of that because what a change from your life direction. You know, a, a pastor's um, wife and somebody that really married somebody from the same part of the, the country. Right, we're both same, from South Carolina. Same yeah. background, basically. Yeah. I mean, and then all of a sudden to be thrown into a situation with with a, a husband from that's a Yankee and very, very different. <laughs> that was the biggest trial. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that I, I give you a, a lot of credit for being able to make that adjustment. I mean, some w- women would not want to make that kind of adjustment. So to me, that says a lot about your character. Well, thank you so much. But I want to play the song um, that you gave me a cassette tape. Yes. Um, <laughs> Remember th- those folks? <laughs> and and this song, there were many songs on it that were a blessing to me. But this song, I just played over and over. Mm. Um, and it's it's I Will Go On. And we're going to play this. And then it'll be time for Silhouettes with Sherry. She's going to be a few minutes later than normal. But it's well worth this song, sung here by Dan Wolf. I will go on. I repent for moments I have spent recalling all the pain and failures of my past. I 
repent for dwelling on the things beyond my power to change those chains that held me fast I will go on my past I leave behind me I gladly his mercy and His love, His joy and His peace, His strength and sweet release. I know He is and I am His. I will living in Thailand who loves to study the lives of great women of whom it can be said she hath done what she could. Welcome to Silhouettes, my weekly story about a lady whose life challenges, encourages, and teaches me. 
I hope as you listen today, your heart will be encouraged and challenged too to do what you can for the Lord. So grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy. Let me tell you her story. Josephine Yvonne Johnson was born on May 7, 1932, in La Junta, Colorado. She was the only daughter of six children born to her parents, Orville and Alberta. Both of her grandfathers had been born in slavery and had moved west seeking freedom and opportunity. Joe was raised in a Christian home where the scriptures were read every day and her family faithfully attended Mount Zion Baptist Church. After finishing college in 1954, Joe took a position teaching inner-city children in Denver. She met an elderly missionary who she had regular Bible studies with for two years. Joe's desire to learn the scriptures in a deeper way and her desire to serve in missions led to her decision to attend Moody Bible Institute. Joe persevered through many struggles, not the least of which was prejudices against her because of the color of her skin. Once again, her missionary mentor played a large role in her life when she counseled Joe to move forward in response to God's will and not man's. Armed with her decision to not be deterred, Joe continued on in her pursuit of God's will for her life. She began playing the piano for a Filipino church service held at the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago as part of her ministry outreach. It was there she met a young Filipino man named Gaspar McHill, who had recently graduated from Moody. In time, their love for each other was only surpassed by their love for the Lord and for serving Him. The two were married in June of 1959. The newlyweds decided to attend the Summer Institute of Linguistics School in North Dakota, and by summer's end, they had applied to the Wycliffe Bible Translators Ministry. Both Joe and her husband desired to be used of God to bring the gospel to people who did not yet have a Bible in their native tongue. They were accepted and assigned to be Bible translators. Within that first year, Joe and her husband attended a jungle training camp in Mexico, and their first son, Thomas, was born. The following year, their daughter, Carol, was born. In March of 1962, when Joe was just 29 years old, they accepted an assignment to go to Vietnam. They immediately began learning the language and culture. They set up a house in the town of Dran and began to get acclimated to the people, geography, and climate. A few months after their arrival, a set of twin girls, Janie and Jessie, were added to their family. In early 1963, Joe and her family traveled to Saigon to get their twins' birth certificates, to have some medical checkups, and to make a decision about which people group they would be translating a Bible for. It was decided that Southern Raglai, a Malayo-Polynesian language spoken by a people group of about 40,000, would be their focus for their first translation work. On March 4, 1963, Joe and her family, along with co-workers Elwood and Vernell Jacobson, began the six-hour journey back to their home in Dran from Saigon. They were about 66 miles north of town, traveling on a main highway that was considered safe. They came up to some stopped cars at what they assumed was a government checkpoint. They gladly handed the armed men their identification cards and spoke kindly with them. When they were asked to get out of their vehicle and the armed men began looting it, they realized that these were not government soldiers, but were Viet Cong, communist guerrillas. Soon gunfire was heard. The warning shots came from a government army truck up the road. The Viet Cong retreated into the forest, but not before firing upon the innocent bystanders. The husband of their co-workers took a bullet to the head and died instantly. Joe's husband, who was holding their son and one of their twins, was hit several times in the chest and neck and fell down dead. Both children in his arms were also hit by the spray of bullets. Thomas's leg was shattered, but he survived his injuries. Little Janie, though, died a few hours after the attack. 
In the face of this great tragedy and unbelievable loss, Joe acted according to what she read in Luke 9:62, and Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Despite the trauma and being on her own, Joe decided to continue in her commitment to serve God in the Bible translation work. She requested to be transferred to the Wycliffe headquarters in the Philippines so that she and her children could be near her in-laws. Her request was granted. While she lived in the Philippines, Joe not only worked with translation projects, but she also set up a preschool for missionary children and participated in medical outreaches with remote Filipino tribes. In 1972, nearly 10 years after losing her husband, Joe went on a furlough and took the time to earn her bachelor's degree in elementary education. During this time, she worked in the Denver school system as an ESL teacher, giving her the opportunity to work with many Southeast Asian children who had recently immigrated to the United States. In 1976, Joe was reassigned and became the director of the Early Childhood Program at Wycliffe's Dallas Training School in Texas. She also served as an international administrative associate for the preschool education programs. In 1980, Joe was asked by the mission to take on the responsibility of ethnic minority recruitment, with a special emphasis on African American communities. One young lady she mentored, who eventually became a Bible translator herself, said of Joe, She encouraged me to never lose sight of the fact the Lord called me to him first, not to my race or culture, and my service was for building up his kingdom. Joe mentored many people over the years, and this push for a spiritual focus above everything else is what many credit as the reason for them continuing on in ministry, even in the face of prejudices and great trials. Many years later, in 1989, Joe accepted a three-year assignment as a literacy specialist on a translation team who were working with Gullacy Island Creole, a language spoken by former slaves living off the coast of South Carolina. After that, Joe worked as an assistant in the social linguistics department, as a cross-cultural trainer, and as an international student coordinator at the Graduate Institute of Applied Linguistics. She did this until June 2002, when she finally retired after 42 years of faithful mission service. On April 25, 2003, Joe passed away at the age of 71. She kept her hand to the plow her whole life and never looked back. Only time will tell the souls that were saved by reading the truths of God's love and sacrifice for them in their native tongue because of her translation work and because of the translation work of the many she encouraged into the ministry. Well, you can find out more about Josephine on my website, sherryhouse.com. But let me tell you one more story from her life that resonated with one of my own. Josephine's family had a great Christian heritage. Missions work and reaching out to others were values taught by example in her family and handed down from one generation to the next. One of her great-grandfathers had been a preacher who planted 13 churches in Kansas. Her father had a heart for the Navajo Nation and would often visit the American Indian encampment near their town and bring them food and water and minister to them as he could. One of Joe's life's goals was to follow the commandment given in 1 Corinthians 14.1, where it says, Follow after charity. Wherever she went, whatever she did, whoever she met, Josephine sought to make showing them Christ's love her main goal. Many people testified that it was her sweet, loving spirit that ministered to them the most and encouraged them in the work of the Lord. One person said, The character of Christ was evident in Joe's life. Being with her was like being with Jesus. Although every Christian is called to shine the light of Christ's love wherever they are, missionaries, especially those living in third world countries, tend to be presented with an abundance of opportunities in this area. 
I have often thanked the Lord for the awesome privilege to physically stand in his place, especially in a land where so few have heard of him or know anything of his love. Here in Thailand, I often get asked this question, why? Why do you teach children for so cheap? Why do you want to learn our language? Why are you willing to pick up my child for school or church without getting paid? Why do you visit the people in my neighborhood every week and bring the kids apples? Why don't you charge for the meals after your church services? Why do you open your home to so many people? On a weekly basis, I get asked one of these questions or something similar to them. Once, a lady found out that I had helped to purchase new school uniforms for a couple girls who were attending our church. I had also taken them on a small sightseeing trip to visit the Summer Palace at the sea not far from my home and let them spend the night at my house. She looked at me skeptically and asked, Why do you help those two orphan girls? This lady couldn't comprehend what my motive could possibly be. You see, for the most part, foreigners, or farang as they call us, who come to live in Thailand often fall within one of these three categories. People looking for pleasure, that is readily available here. People looking to escape their past or start over. Or people looking to build a business and make a profit. I don't fit into their concept of a farang, and so they are skeptical of my motives. To answer these questions, I most often say something about wanting to be a help to anyone I can. And after a bit of thought and looking at me somewhat sideways, they usually say these words, Mmm, tidy, which means good heart. It is then that I have the opportunity to tell them that, no, it is not that I have a good heart, but that God does. He is not the aloof being that they pray to in fear and think doesn't hear them or understand their life or situation. He loves them and wants to have a close relationship with them, and he sent me here to Thailand to tell them about him and to show them his love. What a joy it is to see them mull that thought over in their minds and then readily open their hearts to hear what else I might have to tell them about God and his love for them. Today I want to do a small Bible study with you I've entitled, A Visible Representation. I'm not sure if I first heard the statement, we are to be a visible representation of an invisible God, in a sermon somewhere, or if it is just something that the Lord impressed upon me during my personal devotions. But it is a thought that has long been lodged in my mind and heart and has become somewhat of a creed or mantra for my life. My life is supposed to be a reflection of Jesus, and with my life I am supposed to show others what he is all about. During Jesus' three years of earthly ministry, his goal was to show his Father's love, to preach the gospel, to heal the hurt and broken, and to offer hope. When we look at the life of Jesus and how he lived his life on earth, and knowing that we are supposed to emulate that, we see several things. Number one, he was a friend to sinners. Mark 2, 15-18 tells us of when he shared a meal with publicans, much to the distress of the Pharisees. Number two, in John 4, we see the story of the woman at the well, and it shows us that even when Jesus was weary, he made time for others and was concerned about their eternal souls. Number three, Jesus cared for the least in society, like the children that were brought to him in Matthew 19, verses 13 to 15, or the outcasts like the lepers that we find in Luke 17, 11 to 14. Number four, John 11, 33 to 35, shows us that Jesus had compassion and wept along with those that wept. Number five, in Luke 23, 34, we read, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we realize that Jesus had grace even for his enemies. 
And number six, we see that Jesus loved unconditionally. John 13, verses 34 and 35, we see the words, That ye love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. I love that song that's entitled, Do They See Jesus in Me? It's a good one for me to sing to myself, especially when I'm trying to remind myself what my goal is. The lyrics to the song say, Is the face that I see in the mirror the one I want others to see? Do I show in the way that I walk in my life the love that you've given to me? My heart's desire is to be like you in all that I do, all that I am. And then the chorus says, Do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love and your grace? Do I reflect who you are in the way I choose to be? Do they see Jesus in me? The second verse says, Well, it's amazing that you'd ever use me, but use me the way that you will. Help me to hold out a heart of compassion and grace, a heart that your spirit fills. May I show forgiveness and mercy the same way you've shown it to me. Do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love and your grace? Do I reflect who you are in the way I choose to be? Do they see Jesus in me? Let me ask you today, what is your life's goal? What do you want people to say about you when your time on earth has come to an end? How amazing would it be if it could be said of you as it was said of Josephine, being with her was like being with Jesus. The older I get, the more I realize I have just a limited amount of time to do what really matters for eternity. Remind yourself today that God has called you to be his representative while you are here on this earth. Try to act and do and love as Jesus would if he were here. Remember, you are to be a visible representation of an invisible God. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's silhouette and learning a little bit more about Josephine McKill and this matter of representing Jesus and his love to a lost and dying world. She is truly a woman of whom it could be said, she hath done what she could. Let's you and I go do what we can do. Silhouettes with Sherry is written and told by missionary Sherry House. To learn more about Sherry, this story, or other stories about women who were used of God, read Sherry's blog at sherryhouse.com. That's S-H-A-R-I house.com. Silhouettes can be heard at this time every week on this station. Silhouettes is a Causeway Media and Faith Music Radio production. And I've loaded that song in the playlist that Sherry was talking about, Do They Sing, See Jesus in Me? Sung here by Honor and Majesty. You're listening to Faith Music Radio.
Radio is no longer confined to your car. When you walk in your house, just say, Alexa, play Faith Music Radio and fill your house with beautiful gospel music. This programming is brought to you in part by Charlie's Electric. For all of your electrical needs, call Charlie's Electric at 812-867-1491. Whether it's commercial, industrial, or residential, Charlie and his boys can do the job for you. That's Charlie's Electric at area code 812-867-1491. Want music that makes you feel good? Faith Music Radio. I've heard the prayers you've whispered I've listened to your cries I've seen you try in vain to find A purpose in this life I've watched you search for safety In friends that let you down As the pressures of your trials Just pushed you to the ground Desperately you've tried to earn your place Listen close and hear the voice of grace. You belong to me. You belong to me. You don't have to try to find love in this life. To pick the fight with doubt and fear and insecurity. You belong to me You belong to me I know you feel indebted To the price I paid for you But to earn the cost of my son's blood Is impossible to do You can find joy in devotion You can rest in all I've done This battle for acceptance Has already been won And desperately you tried to earn your place Listen close to hear the voice of grace You belong to me You belong to try to find love in this life to pick the fight with doubt and fear and insecurity cause you belong to me I've come so you can trade your works for grace and be satisfied with only my in this life to pick the fight with doubt and fear and insecurity cause you belong to me 
Great song by Paul Chapman, You Belong to Me. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. It's time for me to sign off. Um, And I'm going to sign off with a great song sung here by Bruce Fry, The Old Rugged Cross. This will be my reminder to to you to let your light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life for you. Let your light shine for him. Let your light shine for Jesus Christ today and let it shine bright. And what a great, great song this is. Thank you for joining us on Faith Music Radio. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain oh that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left His glory above To bear it to dark Calvary So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown In the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty I see for twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me to that old rugged cross I will ever be true It shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call me someday To my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the At last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a